On your Friday episode of Locked on Raptors, we take stock of what we've seen through 15 games from the 2023-24 Toronto Raptors. What have we learned? What's different? What's the same? And are we getting any closer to a resolution of the future of one Pascal Siakam? It's all coming up today with Katie Heindel. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, November the 24th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website. That's busted at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. And of course, come hang out in our Discord server. The link is in the description. It's free to join, and it's a great little community we got building around the show. It's a very fun place to be. When the Toronto Raptors are winning a basketball game, let me tell you that it was popping off on Wednesday during that extremely, extremely fun Raptors Pacers game. Uh, and I would love to see you over there in, in the discord. Come join us again. It's free to do. And it's a great little spot to talk ball on the Internet. Also, find the show for free wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, tell a friend. Also, we're on YouTube so you can subscribe over there. Hit the little notification bell and you will never miss an episode when it goes live, which is a beautiful thing also a beautiful thing game time today's episode is brought to you by game time down the game time app create an account use the code locked in nba for 20 dollars off your first purchase all right let's get to it on today's show uh there's a game tonight the raptors take on the chicago bulls in a consolation affair in the in-season tournament in all likelihood unless the raptors can really pad that point differential and get some help they will not be advancing, uh, but there's a game, and it counts for the regular season, which is kind of the whole point of the in-season tournament. Many meanings. It's cool, uh, but we're not going to talk so much about that game. I think we kind of know by now. Raptors, Bulls, it's going to be weird. It's going to be stressful. It's probably going to have some really dumb stuff happen. Instead, we're going to take stock of what's happened to this point. Seven and eight through 15 games for your Toronto Raptors. Uh, their offense is steadily kind of improving from near the bottom of the NBA to just sort of, you know, also near the bottom of the NBA, but less extremely so. Uh, the defense has been pretty solid. And uh, here, to break it all down and dig into what we've learned so far, talk a little Pascal Siakam and just a general vibe check, is the wonderful Katie Heindel from Dime, Basketball Feelings, and more. Katie, how the hell are you? I'm doing good. Hanging in. Hey, that's all we can do <laughs> during this uh, wretched time of year. November, bad month. Uh, figure it out calendar uh i don't know let's talk about the raptors katie they're mm -hmm. seven and eight like i said through 15 games I i'm curious you know this season is very much it seems like an information gathering year you know i think scotty barnes becoming the player he's become adds to that information gathering because we're now kind of learning about the new context of the team around its new best player or who projects to be their best player down the line we don't need to quibble of who's the best player on the team right now pascal and scotty both playing really well that's cool but i'm curious katie you feel like we've learned anything we came into the season with all sorts of questions obviously there's still plenty of basketball to be played but 15 games, pretty decent sample. We're getting close to the 20-game threshold where that typically is kind of the, all right, we know what this team is type of cutoff. Uh, what do you feel like we've learned about this year's Toronto Raptors so far, Katie? I'll say that I've learned 
that I don't know how to put this. They, I'm surprised that they're such a middling team in the sense that you just talked about the record. Mm-hmm. They are literally almost even, right, mm-hmm. for wins and losses. By this point, I thought it would have clarified they were worse, <laughs> which <Right>. works, or <laughs> a little bit better. Sure. So I'm kind of that's that's a surprising thing to me. What I take from that to have learned uh, is, and you can see this some nights, I think, the deficiencies in energy being a bit a, a bit like lapsided. Um, those starts, I think, those first halves, yeah. stop getting down by 20. Which is cool. an inversion from, I think, what this team had been used to, which is, mm. like, you know, a later uh, a later slump in the game, like a third <laughs> third quarter slump. Sure. Anyway, um, and the kind of lopsidedness in who's available. Some of that has been injuries and, you know, guys being out. Um, some of that, I think, is a bit of roster growing pains, like lineup mm-hmm growing pains but yeah i'm uh i thought they would have clarified <laughs> something more by now which makes it for an exciting like you don't actually ever know what you're gonna get when you watch a raptors game well it is be a the grab bag version sure. mm-hmm. of themselves or will they be the best version of themselves but right now it seems like the wins for the wins to happen they have to be absolutely the best versions of themselves and i think mm-hmm. that inconsistency you know going down the stretch of the season it is a learning year to your point, but I think uh, that could be really tiring. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Feel, it does feel like having to come back from down 20 all the time is uh, is an exhausting enterprise. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like how they get juiced up, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. We don't know these guys' motivations. Like, just love the, the thrill of being down and having to come back. I mean, look, Katie, sometimes. I play a lot of Mario Kart online. Uh, and look, I'm not good at a lot of things, I will say. <laughs> I'm very good at Mario Kart online, and uh, it's probably the thing I'm best at. And sometimes, Katie, just to, like, test my powers and also test the uh, degree to which the blue shell is an equalizer, Mm -hmm. I'll just, like, not start at the start of the race, give myself a big deficit to have to make up, and then go to try to do it. Um, It's fun, but wouldn't want to do it all of the time because it's exhausting, and you usually end up nowhere better better than kind of middle of the pack um so you know plenty of metaphors to be found between my mario kart playing and the toronto raptors because Mm -hmm. i'm the main character of reality of course um for me katie i feel like i've learned that there is stuff worth hanging on to here i'm not sure exactly how much you know scotty barnes obviously is incredible Pascal Siakam, you know, people know my stance on Pascal. I think he is really talented. And if you have the opportunity to lock in a player of Pascal Siakam's stature for four or five years in the NBA, that is a luxury that you should not pass up. And I think the Raptors should just go and do that. We're going to talk about Pascal a little bit more. Um, I think OG Ananobi has proven himself to be pretty essential, especially on the defensive end, where it seems like you take him out and the whole Jenga tower falls to the ground. Um, I, I Beyond that, I think the thing I've learned is that this is not going to be the roster that the Toronto Raptors do serious things with. And I think mm-hmm. most of it stems from, look, the bench still pretty stinky. You know, I, I think I'm pretty close to accepting that the Gary Trent Jr. and Precious Achua experiments might not render positive long-term results here. And both of them might not be on the team after this season based on what's the, what the start's been. Still plenty of time to turn things around, of course, but have not been super encouraged by their work so far. Um, and I think we also kind of know at this point, Jakob Pertl is not going to be the center of this team the next time they're really good. 
if in fact they keep Siakam, OG, and Pascal and Barnes together. Uh, it just doesn't work. There's a reason that they're much better when those three guys, the three big guys, are on the floor. When Yak sits, than they are when Yak's on the floor. The starting lineup now sneakily a negative uh, on the season, just barely after being very positive for the first part of the year. Um, it stinks, but I, I just you know it's hard to argue that the Raptors didn't choose the wrong center when they made that deal last year. That said, I've made the point, like, it's better to have a center than not, mm-hmm. and they're in a better position roster-wise now than they were before the Yaka Pirtle trade, but they very clearly need another move at that spot to reassemble things in a way that makes more sense around Scotty Barnes. Do, do you feel like that's a fair conclusion to have drawn on Yaka Pirtle? It stinks. He, you know, he's fun. I like Yaka Pirtle a lot, but just the context of this roster does not seem to make a ton of sense to suit his skills. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another surprising thing because, like, I never presume to be smarter than the front office or know exactly what's going on in any given sure. front office. But the things that we kind of gave us pause, I think, in the summer that looked a little bit piecemeal and perhaps like not fully thought out, those are the things buried out now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pertle being a pretty good example. Um, it just like it doesn't behoove the team very well when your center looks like kind of out of step mm-hmm. most of the time. Um, that's a bit confusing to me because you know he had some familiarity with the franchise. Granted, the blueprint has changed massively. They lost you know, the pull up shooting guard to amplify all with the control. Raptors, yeah. But, um, I don't know. I don't want to say that it's like a skill deficit, I don't want to say that it's a lack of like willingness to try and kind of learn the the -hmm. schemes a little bit better but it's pretty obvious and he just yeah but to your point i think it would be a lot worse if um there wasn't a center so i get it Mm -hmm. but you also never want at least i wouldn't want this but to be like oh yeah you know like you're you're our stopgap yeah like it was they're not gonna say that out loud nothing (laughs) i know i know (laughs) but that's what it feels like now yeah well, I, I made the comparison earlier this week to Jonas Valanciunas, who, you know, was a good player, was, I think, long a subject of, you know, is this guy really a fit with with Kyle and DeMar? Like, you know, he does a lot of good things, but the defense typically struggles when he's out there. He doesn't close all these games. Like, I think we could see a similar sort of arc here for Jakob Pertl. Um, different styles of player, obviously, but like there will be times where Jakob Pertl is needed and where his skill set is super important and matchups where it's really valuable. It's just can you invest $20 million a year into a center who maybe plays 25 minutes a night because of the matchup situations and because he doesn't quite amplify your best players. And look, if the Raptors had a pull-up shooting point guard on this team, totally different story, right? Like last year, the offense was incredible mm-hmm. after the arrival of Jakob Pertl because the guy he was playing in concert with most of the time amplified all of his skills. And it's not that Jakob Pertl is not talented or skilled. He's a very good player, but you have to have the requisite complementary skills around him as it is a team sport. And you have to sort of make defenses think and just the lack of space is tough. But, uh, you know, I, I think we'll have plenty of time to sort of ponder the future of Yaka Pirtle. Um, and this totally changes. I think if, you know, say the guy we're about to talk about gets moved by the deadline and there's a little bit more space, a little bit more creation, all that stuff around him, then there can totally be a way in which Jakob Pertl is the piece for this team long-term as like sort of a, a pretty low-cost, decent center who plays nicely alongside uh, whatever this team's going to look like going into the future. But if they retain the guy we're going to talk about next, 
things get a little bit more uncomfortable there. Uh, we're going to get into that, Katie. We're going to talk about Pascal Siakam through the lens of Masai Ujiri's opening season or season opening press conference regarding Pascal. How have we learned if Pascal can kind of fit into what the Raptors are trying to do? And what's the outlook for him as we get, you know, ever closer to the deadline, three months out now or so, and the questions and the concerns and the roster machinations and all that stuff are not going to stop with Pascal Siakam. We'll get to that momentarily here. But first, got to tell you about our good friends over at Game Time, who are the best place really to go and get your tickets for any sporting event you might want to attend. It's not even just sports. There's music, comedy, theater events, all with with, uh, last minute deals that are fantastic with all in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I used Game Time last week to buy tickets for the winner of our over unders contest from the 2022 23 season, Jeffrey Richardson. And Jeffrey and his son went to the game on Sunday against the Pistons, watched this, got to see a blowout, and uh, sent me all sorts of pictures. It was lovely, lovely, lovely time. And uh, that was because of Game Time, baby. I got those tickets for Jeffrey, lower bowl, and they were pretty affordable. Go check it out. Uh, again, they have the game time guarantee, which means that if you find tickets in the same section row somewhere else for less money, game time will credit you with 110% of the difference. That means there's no downside to simply just going to game time and grabbing your tickets. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time down the game time app, create an account, use the code locked in NBA for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account, redeem the code locked in NBA for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, continuing on here, Katie Heindel of Dime and Basketball Feelings is here. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every weekday. And a reminder that you can go and check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 YouTube streaming channel, the very first of its kind, all day long. Locked On Podcast just mainlined, whether it's the national shows or local shows covering the biggest stories in all the sports. Go subscribe to Locked On Sports Today, the 24-7 streaming feed on YouTube. All right, Katie. Pascal Siakam, he has been very good of late. Obviously, bloody fantastic in that game uh, on Wednesday against the Pacers. It seems as though they've kind of figured out a bit of a balance between him and Scotty Barnes a little bit more effectively. I I think there's still a way to work on that balance. I think maybe we've seen a little bit more of a tilting towards Pascal than Scotty than you'd like. I still think there's an equilibrium there that they can totally strike. And... I've been really enjoying the sort of settling in of Pascal Siakam over the last couple of weeks here. Of course, the entire season is under this cloud of, oh God, the Pascal and OG free agency situations. What does this mean? How are they going to handle this? Oh my God, everything's horrible. Are they stupid? They're sitting on their hands. They're not doing anything. Of course, uh, you know, that's ridiculous. They know the problem. They know the deal. Like They've set themselves up with this situation. They're not oblivious to the decisions they have to make, one would assume. Um, But with Pascal... Obviously, the season started on a weird note with the selfishness comments. Again, not totally directed at Pascal, but were part of a Pascal-related question on Media Day from our pal Samson Folk. And, you know, there was the sort of extension situation brought up. MSI basically said, we got to see it first before we go and extend Pascal's yacht. It's been 15 games. We've seen lots of good stuff from Pascal. We've seen some bad stuff from Pascal. He's not shooting threes very well, 24% on the season. You would hope that's going to tick back up because he's never shot this poorly from three before. Um, but Katie, do you feel like we're any closer to knowing the resolution of the Pascal Siakam situation uh, based on the first 15 games? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this isn't a team that historically makes moves, you know, uh, in the middle of the season. And I don't actually think that'll be the case. They may decide to extend Pascal yeah. before then. Um, like that could come at any time. I feel that that's more likely than a trade. Uh, I think if he does get 
I think it'll, I don't know. I know. I don't know. I just really can't see it. I don't, I think they want to give it like the due diligence of, okay, we got a new coach. Um, we made, we kind of like lit a fire under Pascal Siakam ostensibly at the beginning of the season in that presser. Um, you want to see the results of that. Right. And you want to give that a fullish sample size as you can. So mm -hmm. that's a, to me, like getting through the whole season with this team intact and seeing what it looks like. Um, yeah. I don't know. And I also like the point about shooting that's not going to last. Yeah. It never has. When Pascal Siakam has, you know, gotten in these slumps in past seasons, they don't tend to last. He figures something out and he gets himself out of them. There's also a lot more out of his control this season. Mm -hmm. There are times where he seems a bit frustrated and a bit lost and doesn't necessarily know, look like he knows what's going on around him. That's also not just his own. That's like, I can, you can see that happening with everybody on the team. For sure. Um, and again, I get, it goes back to growing pains. So I, I think maybe there needs to be more clarity about his role mm -hmm. uh, and what they're kind of asking of him. The priority has obviously been Scotty Barnes. Kind of know why, because I think it's, he's been playing incredibly well. And also that is where the team sees its future. For sure. So, yeah, I don't think I don't I think again, I think he's going to get extended before he gets moved halfway through the season. I I really don't know how I feel about this one because if not for like the the financial questions, I think it would be a no doubt like obviously you just extend Pascal. Mm -hmm. And I think to be clear, I think they should extend Pascal. That is my official position is uh, extended <laughs> because even if you're you're what happened there? I kicked my ring light over <laughs> it's like in front of me and i just kicked it kicked it it's, do you it's, need time to uh no, get, no pull yourself it's, together You're it's, good. it's fine it didn't have it could have been like much worse for the light i i, I was i'm just glad we didn't see some sort of like uh disastrous like avalanche of items in your in your screen window this is good stuff yeah. um pascal siakam uh yeah official position extend him uh even if the sort of long-term vision is, all right, we'll probably end up having to move off of him. Like, I just don't see how they're getting enough back to justify trading mm -hmm. Pascal freaking Siakam at the deadline for, like, what? Salary filler and prospects who are, like, kind of imperfect or, like, not showing out all that well? Like, I just, I've yet to see someone present to me, like, a theoretical Pascal Siakam in-season trade. That makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. And maybe they, you have to get over the warm and fuzzy part. Maybe it's going to be ugly and it's just like a necessary piece of business. I just don't think it is a necessary piece of business because he's really good. And there have been plenty of flashes of the way he and Scotty Barnes, while occupying similar areas of the floor, can coexist and operate really beautifully off of one another not in the same areas of the floor. Like we've seen Pascal really kind of become the post-up wizard on this team. We're not seeing Scotty do that quite as much. We're seeing mm -hmm. Scotty a little bit more as like a pick and roll ball handler, a creator from the wings, that type of stuff. As a dive man, when he's a small ball five, there are ways to work in both of these guys' skill sets. And they're also like, I feel like Katie, we get so caught up when we think about basketball. Oh, it's this guy's team and everything flows through him. And it undercuts the fact that uh, games are 48 minutes long. Guys do not play all 48 minutes. Guys cannot physically create on every single possession unless you're like Luka Doncic. And that's also not the most terribly effective way to play a team sport. 
having multiple ways to attack a defense and keep a defense on its on its toes and you know diversification of the way you can go about running offense that's a good thing to me even if the two players who are the primary pieces in that have some overlap in their abilities but again i, I think they can work more in concert than they can sort of butting heads in their styles and mm -hmm. we see it when they share the floor together like there are when they have space when they're shooting on the floor around them they're pretty bloody dynamic. They can run stuff with one another. They can leverage one guy into something else for someone else on the other side of the floor. It can be a real partnership. And it, again, it comes back to like the Yaka Pirtle thing. I think that, you know, kind of throws a wrench into the whole on-court partnership thing. But to me, I feel like what we've seen from Pascal is, yes, he's very eagerly kind of, and maybe not eagerly, but he's happily or quietly. I, I, he's accepted a lesser role than he's had before. And seems to be kind of on board with, all right, this is Scotty's show. Let's see how I can make it work here. He's actually leading the team at usage right now is Pascal, because that's what happens. They set it at the start of the season. The ball finds the best players. And Pascal is still the best player at getting a bucket for this team when they need it. Um, and I just feel like there is so little upside to the idea of trading him for what you can get as an expiring contract in season where those are hard trades to make teams don't want to part with their good stuff. Um, like they're, they're good picks or their prized young players. It's uh, I don't know, Katie, I, I, I think we're on the same page. Extend the guy, right? Like it just seems. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't actually think that Scott, like, I don't think I don't want to psychoanalyze to the point where it's like, yeah, Pascal thinks it's Scotty's team. I don't. Sure. That's fair. I don't know. I don't I don't actually think where Pascal Siakam's at in his career, he would want to do that for himself mm. um, and his career after I just said I don't want to psycho psychoanalyze the situation. <laughs> but like we do talk a lot about whose team is it. And again, yeah. I don't I've said before on the show and elsewhere, like it's fine that it's more than one person's team. 100%. I think that's a that's a strong suit, right? Mm. Like the idea is it becomes more like uh, skillfully everybody else's team and they show up consistently night to night versus like, okay, tonight it's going to be this person's night. Mm -hmm. uh, because then I think they'd get out of this like middling slump to go all the way back to the top. Uh, but the only, the only thing that makes, and, but like, this is maybe like a moot point before I even say it because Pascal Siakam has said pretty consistently, he wants to be a Raptor, yeah. but is to think what I need to like capitalize on the prime years of my playing career. Sure. Where's the best place for me to do that? Because a lot of teams are going to come knocking and have been knocking before this. So yeah, that's the I only mean, I thing guess, I do wonder about. I guess sort of the maximization of those years, you could look at it two ways, right? It's maximization from like a competitive standpoint and maximization from how can I earn the most money yeah. in the prime of my career. And the answer to the second question is with the Raptors, like the Raptors can pay him the most, mm -hmm. keep him around the longest. So, yeah, it's um, I don't like that. This is like it feels like every game is like, you know, I guess among the fan base, it feels almost like a referendum on the Siakam future. But it's thing. always like that with someone it, that's it just like it's that's dumb. never going yeah. away. If yeah. they were on track, if they were if they were like top in the East, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like there would yeah. still be referendums on someone yeah. any given night. That is just like this, like now a kind of calling card of the fan base. For yeah, good or for ill, you know? Good point. Um, I will say, I will, I'm will. i really enjoying the Pascal experience this year. And, like, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool Pascal Siakam enjoyer, so I'm prone to enjoying this type of thing. But 
it just kind of fits into, I just think a really fascinating career arc that he's had where it's been kind of, you know, ascendant then kind of on pause and then ascendant again. And now there's this sort of new wrinkle thrown in of, Oh, can you kind of readapt and become more of a number two to Scotty's number one or a one B to a one a, or however the nomenclature sorts out to suit your fancy. Um, but I'm enjoying this season from him. I think he's playing some of the best defense of his life. He's been incredible on that end of the floor. Actually, mm-hmm. second on the team in defensive win shares behind Scotty Barnes this year. That's not nothing, even though OG obviously has missed some time. That bakes into it. But, um, you know, Pascal's been really good. He's, he's chipping in a lot on both ends of the floor. And he doesn't strike me as someone who's not bought into whatever they're doing, right? I think that was sort of a concern. Is all you don't extend him, is he going to be, like, sulky or upset? Not really. Uh, you know, he was at the G League game. It's in front court, uh, front row a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Like he, he seems like he's still very much involved and immersed in the franchise. And however long he has left in Toronto, let's just agree to enjoy the hell out of it because Pascal Siakam is an awesome Toronto Raptor one way or another. And I'm uh, I'm sad about the potential nearing end of his time in Toronto, but very hopeful that it's actually kind of he's in the middle of his time in toronto still and there's mm-hmm. plenty of runway left um are you trying to do the same thing just kind of soak in the moment with pascal a little bit yeah i think i have like sometimes some frustrations about like like hurry up and wait isms you know put mm-hmm. around him uh i think he i don't know obviously the transition from title defense roster team to where he's at mm-hmm. now and i think where they perhaps envisioned him playing has not worked out mm-hmm. um at all and i think sometimes it's frustrating to think well beyond that what was the plan mm-hmm. you know like beyond replication what was the plan so but yeah like if, of course it's enjoyable to watch him on the raptors i think you know a lot like fred van vliet people would miss him dramatically yeah. sometimes a small part of me wants him to go somewhere else and be incredible Mm -hmm. so people can be like oh right i will say (laughs) we knew this all along but we were you know we criticized him and said some (laughs) said some really terrible things in the past you know about this guy yeah but that's just like i have that is nothing to i have no idea how that aligns with Mm -hmm. what he thinks i'm just like that would be fun to watch we're gonna come back to the side katie kind of round things out with just a look at the general shift in tone and tenor and uh for the lack of a better we got to figure out the source word for vibes my god have we not (laughs) figured it out yet um we'll do that in just a second we'll do with a source segment and then we'll talk about vibes uh or whatever word we come up with to describe vibes and how it's changed we'll come back just a sec but first gotta tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, of course, the number one sportsbook in all the land. You want to check them out because right now is a perfect time to score early this NFL season with America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And it's not just football, of course. You can go throw some money down on the Toronto Raptors. They're playing the Chicago Bulls tonight. Maybe hammer the under in that game because neither of these teams very good at scoring points. Enhance your viewing of the Toronto Raptors and Chicago Bulls garbage fest that is sure to happen tonight over at FanDuel.com. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and of the LockedOn Podcast Network. 
All right, we round out today's show with one of our absolute favorites, Katie Heindel of Dime Basketball Feelings. Um, you know, basically the whole bloody internet these days. You were on uh, the pod with our pal Dan Devine this week, Divine Intervention. I was. <laughs> Combination of two of my favorite people covering basketball at the same time. Uh, Katie, vibes. Have we figured it in the break? Were you I mean, the you can say thing? energy. No, I don't energy, need to. Um, vibes, the Saurus. Uh, <laughs> 43 of them. Mm-hmm. None of these really work. No, there's, there's, there's different feelings. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, 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 we'll just use vibes, I guess. The vibes feel different, Katie. I, you know, similar team, seven and eight. They were a 500 team last year, obviously. Similar issues in terms of offense being bad and defense being pretty good and the fit being a little bit odd and all of that. But it does feel, even though they've had really low lows where they've gotten waxed by teams that they shouldn't have gotten waxed by or lost close games to teams that they had no business losing close games to or started off awfully in first halves before making furious comebacks in the second, it does seem like this team has a, like, has a bit more fight back in it than it did mm-hmm. last year. Like Last mm-hmm. year's team felt like, you get down by 20 in the third quarter. This is just done. It's over. Even the fake comebacks were lifeless and sad, even though they were abundant. No one ever believed them. And when you couple the fact that like the Raptors are closing games really strongly, their clutch rating is really, really good right now. Obviously, just 34 minutes of clutch time, but they're excellent in the clutch as it stands right now. It does feel like there's a bit more gumption, if you will, a little bit more fight back, a little bit more just sort of like competitive spirit to this team than there was last year. Do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I think they're more willing to try things mm-hmm. um, out of necessity. Uh, there's definitely more encouragement from their coach and coaching staff. Malachi uh, Flynn just getting hugs every time he walks through the court. Things? Our yeah. special boy. That's it's what he uh, needs. It's thrilling. <laughs> um, yeah, it seemed like there was a rift last year, right? And I think, mm-hmm. um, well, there we know there was. And you could kind of see it on the floor if one side fell into a slump or despondency, the other side didn't necessarily know how to cope with it. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, the team wasn't good enough to, you know, make up for that huge gap. Uh, There was a lot more palpable frustration, I think. Uh, The energy was pretty low. Mm -hmm. It just felt like they were stuck in the mud the majority of the time. Um, Whereas this team, if they have a bad game, they tend to, it seems like, bounce back for the next game. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty well, right? And have to learn to take things in stride, which is great. It's what you want. It's a learning team. Uh, but again, I, and this maybe is counterintuitive to what I had said at the beginning of the season, which is everyone will have a much better time if they, you know, manage their expectations mm-hmm. and try not to project too much onto this team. Uh, I, I guess I'm surprised by how much learning they have to do because maybe that's why they're still middling, you know, and right they haven't been able to like take all these take all the things that they've learned so far this season and advance a little bit. They're still kind of stuck. They're not stuck in a miserable way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess that speaks to how much, how far they still have to go <laughs> <laughs> um, to be consistent. But uh, yeah, I, I like you, you got to sometimes just like judge things at the surface and, and look at how they're playing and how they interact with each other. And then also just like listen to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. in their post games so generally things seem to be going well but yeah it's it doesn't feel as um even if they're gonna lose it doesn't feel as torturous no to watch which doesn't. i think is you know a good summation and like generally how most raptors fans are having a better time because of that 
Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 Darko difference is still palpable. I think you know, there's mm-hmm. only so much difference a coach is going to have in terms of like you know the personnel is the personnel, but I, I do think it's just very clear he's got a demeanor about him that feels a lot more sort of future thinking, long term in mind. Like, hey, yeah, we lost here, but like, there's stuff to build on. There, mm-hmm. It's sort of like a a constant process of kind of laying bricks, if you will. And it does like genuinely feel over the course of the season, like they have kind of laid more of a foundation and kind of added stuff onto what they've been doing. You know, the first week, okay, it's not working with Pascal Siakam as like a super off ball guy. Let's try to incorporate him more. How can we do that while still having this thing kind of work in concert? You know, the, um, I, I just, you know, the, the, the out of timeout stuff, that was like a big thing. The first couple weeks of the season is, Oh, Darko's bad at drawing up plays out of timeouts. And Oh, we missed Nick nurse for that. And like last few games, Darko's drawn up some pretty sweet stuff out of timeouts. And I think he's learning on the fly too, right? I think the idea that like mm-hmm. Darko was going to come in as some sort of finished product as a coach was far-fetched and never going to happen because it's such a, it's a job. Like, again, the challenge with figuring out who a team should hire as a coach is that you don't know how someone's going to respond to the job until they're in it. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, the way Darko has kind of seemingly learned from his own mistakes and is kind of trying to course correct on the fly, it speaks to um, just kind of like a different demeanor than the team had last year, where last year everything was a nail and they were the hammer. And sometimes they needed a little bit more finesse than that. And they needed to kind of change up the strategy of getting that nail in. And they just didn't. It was just kind of like run your head against the wall same seven and a half players play every game running the same stuff and just hoping for different results. It feels a lot less like insanity this year. Katie, I guess is the way I'm saying uh, what I'm trying to say here. Um, is there any player who you feel has been sort of part and parcel to the kind of changed vibes? I mean, Dennis Schroeder obviously is like the biggest new addition. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seems like he is kind of buying in. Obviously he's playing out of his mind right now. He's hitting threes with uh quite the abundance i would say and it's helping out the team quite a bit we'll see what happens if that ever dries up um you know obviously i think like the new version of scotty is Mm -hmm. a candidate here as well just kind of like a little bit more fervor to his game um you know a little bit more to sort of across the board intensity and kind of uh you know know know-how and all that stuff is there a player who kind of stands out to you as like a a big agent of change vibes wise probably scotty Uh, I think more than Pascal, those comments were also directed at him at the beginning of the season. Um, Yeah. And I think he's shown he's capable of handling more responsibility, Mm -hmm. uh, which is good because that's only going to grow for him. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, selfishly, it's been nice to actually see Otto Porter play. Hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We love Um, Otto. Considering, you know, he's been he'd been rostered for an entire season and we hadn't gotten to see that yet. Mm-hmm. So I think that's cool. Otto's played as many games this season as he played all of last year for the Toronto yeah. Raptors. He's that's doubled great. his game output. It's thrilling stuff. Yeah, more auto, more auto, please. They're always good when Otto's on the floor. I don't. It just it just always happens. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a nicer season to watch Raptors basketball. I will uh, definitely say that it's been uh intriguing and interesting i know it does feel sometimes like and i guess like i'm probably more steeped in the sort of guts of the fan base the most because of the discord and just kind Mm -hmm. of being generally too online but um you know as much as i feel like there's been this really nasty trend of every loss having to be a referendum on the front office and the future of the team and everything around it uh, i think for the most part it's been a lot more easy to enjoy and just kind of slough off the losses and say yeah you know they learned something it's fine you know something will come along next game and they'll do mm-hmm. something cool 
Um, although that magic game did really stink. Uh, <laughs> Katie, we'll leave it there. This has been a great little chat about your Toronto Raptors. Do you have anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Um, you mentioned it. Uh, yeah, I did uh, Dan Devine's podcast earlier this week on Yahoo Sports uh, called Divine Intervention. We talked about courage, empathy, Quinn Snyder's red glasses. Um, it was good. It was a really fun chat. So you can Hell listen yeah. to that after you listen. Now that you're done listening to this. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, be sure to listen to the last 12 seconds of this podcast before you jump over to that. Yeah. Don't listen to Don't that and come it. back for the end of this show. Yeah. yeah. Um, the last 12 seconds. That's the juicy bits, baby. Um, also go, uh, I keep pointing the wrong way on the screen. <laughs> go subscribe to Katie's basketball feelings. It's incredibly good as a paid subscriber for a long time. Cannot recommend it enough. It's one of the best things I pay money for that right up there with like, uh, electricity. It's, it's, uh, it's awesome. <laughs> You can find me at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe, follow, rate, review for free wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, of course. Hit the little notification bell so you never miss a show when it premieres. And uh, if you haven't yet, buy tickets to the Sports First Media charity basketball game tomorrow, Saturday, Madden Me Athletic Center. I will be assistant coaching with S. Barahenny for Team Media. Uh, we probably should have a bigger staff of coaches to coach up the team media humps, but, uh, the two of us will do our darndest. We would love to see you out there. Uh, so come hang out and, uh, tickets are like 11 bucks link for the tickets is in the description of the podcast as well. Hope to see you there tomorrow night with that. We will leave you there. We'll come back on Monday. We'll talk about games against the bulls and the Cavs. till then have yourself a great weekend. Thanks so much for hanging. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>